Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. I'm sitting down quietly because everything that I have in this garage is really loud. The chairs, the fucking parrots, my slurping coffee. Okay, on today's episode, I'm going to be answering your questions. Real quick, if you're a parent, when a child says, I want to show you something, and they grab your hand and pull you in the opposite direction of wherever you're going, it means they don't want to do the thing that you want them to do. So just a tip, like go to school. My daughter said, I want to show you something as I was dropping her off and started taking me like, uh, tried to like take me across the street randomly. Anyway, okay, I have a ton of questions. Let's get to them. Here we go. Why does a healthy relationship feel so boring? Well, because many of us, we grew up being used to chaos, drama, um, and so our bodies are used to that, right? And so then when we find something healthy, it feels flat, it feels unfamiliar. We quickly label it as boring and then we don't give the relationship a shot. And this is why I say we have to swim past the breakers. And in this case, the breakers um, is boredom. You know, it's your body saying, uh, I'm used to the highs of an emotional roller coaster. I don't feel it here. This shit just feels like spinning teacups on board. I want out. And you have to be aware of that. And then you have to sit with it, work through it, swim past that until you recondition your body to the new norm, which is quote-unquote boring or calm, a.k.a. healthy. And then if you can do that, then your body, when it feels chaos and crazy, will start to be repelled by that because the new has eclipsed the old. Does that make sense? And this is why I think it's really important when you're dating to give yourself a new love experience or you will you will just tend to trace the old, you know? We we um we trace old patterns. That's our knee jerk. That's our default. And so it's like swimming up river to break those patterns and especially with love because we don't love with our uh, or just our eyes, uh, we love with our story. All right. Next question. How does one heal from infidelity? I don't. Have, this is a really uh, tough question to answer because uh, depending on, I mean, there's so many situations, and and also, you know, infidelity. I don't think it's black and white. I think um, there's, uh, at least for me, there's different levels of infidelity. You know, I always say there's a difference between 
someone who cheated on you once, and I'm not minimizing it, cheating is cheating, I get it, uh, but cheated on you once, um, I don't know, was drinking at a party, ran into an ex, your relationship was already one where there was problems, the person was drifting, one thing led to another, and he or she made a bad decision, right? It's still cheating, I don't want to minimize it, but that's very different than someone who has been cheating on you for the last five years, either with one person or many people, and um, it's 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 almost like this person's been leading a double, double life, right? It's a lot easier to forgive the, the, the first situation uh, than someone who has the ability to carry a whole, a whole other relationship behind your back and has been doing it for a long time. Like to me, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if that kind of trust that's been broken can be built back, right? The other situation where one person uh, cheats because of where they're at or maybe they were intoxicated or whatever is still cheating, of course, but to me, that's a conversation. Um, and also to me, it's going to be telling on what the 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 person who cheated how they um, how they approach meaning what are they willing to own you know are they just blaming the situation or are they saying um, hey listen here's what I did I don't want to lose you here's what I'm willing to do to change and uh, you know really take some kind of ownership I think in that case there is a chance. I, I also think it couple it, um, it requires couples therapy and counseling. Um, infidelity is one of the hardest things for a couple to, uh, at least at least when, when I'm working with couples, infidelity is one of the hardest things to heal from to to rebuild um, because that you know that trust has, has been broken. So anyway, I hope that was uh, helpful. I don't think it was because I tend to talk uh, sideways. <laughs> Someone asks, what is love? Uh, I just did three videos on uh, social media, Instagram and TikTok on what is love. And you know what, I'll just, I'll just uh, say them really quick, but I won't go into uh, them. If you want to go deeper, check out the videos. Uh, I also did an entire podcast episode titled Love Is, so check that out. That goes deeper than Instagram and TikTok. Social media is kind of the shallow end of the pool. And then if you want to go deeper, uh, you listen to my podcast. Which is kind of weird because this is a podcast episode and I'm telling you to listen. I'm telling you to go to my social if you want deeper. Go to my social if you want deeper. And then if you want deeper than that, where you can't touch the floor, go back to my podcast. That episode is called Love Is. All right. Love Is a Daily Choice. A drug, love is treatment, love is consuming, confusing, conflicting, love is a gift, love is a curse, love is an addiction, love is kind, not nice, love is scattered, terrifying, found in moments, a mirror, a safe tree, love is a series of unhealthy patterns until you realize it's you, love is unpredictable, understanding, undeniable, Love is peeling layers. Love is in your heart and body, not your head. Love is taking personal responsibility. Love is work. Love is universal, meaning greater than us. Love is nothing without respect. Love is not found but discovered. Love is a slow burn. 
Love is misdrawn by Hollywood. Love is meant to stretch us. Love is a living, breathing thing. And finally, love is life. Okay, another question. Can an ex be the one? Uh, first, let's lose this idea of the one. Um, the, lo the, the one is the one in front of you. If you believe in the one, then it's going to cause you to uh, take out your checklist and examine your relationship. And if it doesn't meet all, you know, the 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 stuff on the list, you're going to believe this person isn't for you, and that there's someone different, better, which is going to cause drift. It's a bad, unhealthy cycle. So there is no one. There there are many ones, and the one is only the one in front of you. Um, so so that, and then also your question is, uh, can an ex be the one? Uh, sure, if if an ex and you want to have round two, there has to be, you have to a answer this question, what's different this time? And it can't be that someone has a new job or looks different or has a better haircut or abs. It has to be that people have really changed internally because that's what changes the relationship dynamic, right? Now, yes, you know, someone getting on their feet or, you know, pulling themselves out of a depression and that's why the relationship didn't work can also, of course, um, reset a relationship. But at the end of the day, it's going to go back to the relationship dynamics that are just, you know, it's the, it's the, the tracks that the relationship is on and those tracks have to change for a round two to be given a fair chance of uh, something new, you know, something different. So I call it secondary change, change that's not reversible. It's a deeper change, it's an inner change, it's not a surface change. So if two people have gone on some kind of journey after the breakup, after that relationship has expired, and they have changed, you know, they're, they're different, not their personality, not their taste in music, not, you know, but like they, they um, internally have changed where now they have tools uh, they respond instead of react, they communicate more, or whatever, right? That can definitely um, reset the relationship and give the relationship a fair shot at a round two. If people have not changed, if only you have changed, it's, it's, um, I think it's a lot of wasted time. Just my opinion. Okay, and the final question, let's do one more. Um, scrolling, scrolling. Have you ever gone through a breakup that you thought you'd never get over? Yes, I have. Um, for me, I think it would be my, uh, my marriage. Um, that was the big one for me. Got divorced at 35 and, uh, I never thought I would recover from that, you know, because it wasn't just a marriage. It was um, building a life with someone and me not focusing on building my own life. And so my life revolved around her slash the marriage. And so when that bottom dropped out, I had no life. Right. And so you start clinging to what you lost and wishing you had that back. 
Um, but the good news is it forced me to build a life from scratch and start over. Um, and whenever you're in that situation and you build a life by yourself, now you have something that some that people can't take away, right? You have something that you can now contribute to a relationship, um, but it is not your life. Does that make sense? So I didn't think I would recover, not so much because um, of her and what I lost as far as love. I mean, that was difficult too, but I didn't think I would recover because when the marriage ended and the dust settled, I realized I didn't have a life. I didn't know myself. Um, I really started at ground zero. A lot of times uh, when we lose a relationship or uh, when a relationship expires, um, you're also losing what could have been. And this is something that I think many people don't uh, realize and why it can be so painful. You know, if you're in something that you've invested in for, say, five, five years, um, you're dreaming of, of um, where it's going and what you're building. And of course, we're thinking about things in the future, right? One day we're going to have whatever that is, house, kids, you know, a life in Europe, whatever it is you're building, you have this... Um, you both are swimming towards something. And so when the relationship ends, you lose that as well. And you're recovering from all the what could have been. And uh, it's real. Even though it hasn't happened, it's real because our dreams are real and what we want is real, you know? And so when we build a relationship with someone, um, what we're working toward uh, so not just being present in the relationship, but what we're working toward to build, whether that is a picket fence or an empire or whatever that is, um, that's what partly motivates us to invest, you know, and we have hope and we have, you know, these dreams that we're going to do this and build this with um, our partner. And so that future is gone. Right, so like when I was married, um, I saw you know a child with this person. I saw I've never been to Korea, so I was like, oh, we have a trip to Korea, and we're gonna buy a house, and you know you start to to dream and fantasize about what the future is gonna look like. Um, and so when I got a divorce, all that ended as well. So that creates a giant um, cliff that you fall off of. Anyway, you know what? It's Friday. Fuck it. Let's do one more question. Oh, here's a good one. Long-distance relationships, are they sustainable? This is just my opinion. I may get a lot of pushback for this. Um, no. <laughs> no. And I know there have been people who have uh, uh, met other people long-distance. And uh, look, I've been in long-distance relationships as, as well. But here, here's why I say, I say that they're not sustainable. Um, they are only sustainable if there is a reunion. So if you meet someone um, on Tinder because you didn't write down a, a location or whatever and uh, this person's on the other side of the world 
or even in a, you know these days even in, in a different city where it takes a few hours to get there and you uh, really want to invest in this person but you guys don't talk about the actual like unfolding and you're just like you know let's let's see what happens um, there's a chance that people are not going to want to change their life I don't think you should really change your life for love because a lot of people will move will will, will change jobs will do all sacrifice so much for love then the relationship doesn't work out and they're screwed right and then they feel angry and feel like they've wasted years and so there has to be a reunion planned meaning uh, so when, when I was in a long-distance relationship she lived in uh, first Japan and then Georgia but Ever since I met her, she was on her way to LA to cut hair. So knowing that you can invest in something, knowing there would be a reunion, um, and people aren't doing it just for the love, right? And so to me, that made sense. But if she was like, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing, let's just take it a day at a time, I think there's a lot of risk in that. You know, you're putting your heart on the table for uh, love that. Um, may not happen not because you don't want it to but because of circumstances in life and so are long distance relationships sustainable uh yes if there is a reunion coming that is planned and that could be years from now or whatever but there's some kind of plan where someone's going to move you know to the other person or you guys are going to meet halfway or something right and then here's the other thing about long distance relationships it takes much longer to really get to know someone because when you're seeing someone um, once a month or once every other week of course we're gonna be on our best behaviors you know and there it, it's not false advertising but it takes time to see the 360 and how people respond to um, life things and how how people live and you know the dirty socks on the floor and the way they grind coffee and the way they do the dishes or don't do this all the shit that requires um a dance when you uh live with someone right all of that information it takes longer to get to know someone in a long distance relationship uh, and also people tend to every time you meet it's like a honeymoon phase right because you haven't seen the other person so there's a lot of forgiveness there's a lot of excitement there's a lot of possible um, pushing real shit under the rug that you need to see so I'm not a big fan of long-distance relationships I think they tend to not work um, but listen anything's possible that's just my opinion uh, if you're in love with someone and it's long distance and you guys have no idea when the reunion is going to be um, I mean, you, you have to make your choices, uh, but the, the, the more you swim out there, the more you invest your heart, of course, uh, you are creating a, a potential steeper cliff to fall off of. Anyway, that's my answer. Thank you for listening, and uh, I'm thinking about things to plug. I have a new podcast coming out called Single on Purpose based on my book, and I'm um, super excited about this podcast. It's uh, going to be rotating hosts and experts. And it's really the big box of wellness crayons. So it's not just me. It's uh, 
it's you know 20 plus people rotating it's three times a week so whether you're single or not this podcast is going to give you handrails for life talking about all areas of your life so check it out you could just go to uh single on purpose dot life or um go wherever you listen to podcasts because it will be wide thank you for listening be well Hey, if you have a passion for helping others and you want to create a more meaningful career or add to your current skill set, it's time to become a life coach with Lumia. When I became a life coach many years ago, there wasn't anything like this. So I developed this program alongside with Noel Cordeau, Lumia Coach Training, and it's amazing. It's 100% live and online, meaningful evidence-based education, real people, real community, ICF accredited to with 20 diverse instructors in a thriving alumni community. Go to theangrytherapist.com and click on Become a Coach and explore Lumia Coach Training. I'll see you in class.